If you haven't heard this band, you've probably heard their music. You've probably heard one of three tracks. The first one I can think of is a song called Time to Pretend, which sounds like this. second track is called Kids, which sounds like this. third track is called Electric Feel, and I'll play a little sample of that right now. The band is called MGMT, and it was formed in 2002 with some college students, Ben Goldwasser and Andrew Van Weingarten. Man, that's difficult to say. It was founded by Ben and Andrew during their freshman year at Wesleyan University. So they met in 2001 in college, and they bonded over a love of sonic youth and began making electronic music. Goldwasser said, quote, We started playing really short little shows of loops of music that we made, 15-minute loops. They were weird, not exactly performance art, but messy, antagonistic shows. So what is MGMT and why is it called that? MGMT is a two-man band. They tour with more than two, but uh, it's essentially a psychedelic pop rock group formed in the early 2000s, and uh, they had a big hit with their first album, and uh, they've kind of struggled to regain their popularity and maintain it since then, but they really burst open onto the scene and got a lot of um, radio play, and um, promotional spots, uh, you know, where their music was being used in advertisements and trailers for movies and things like that. So why MGMT, the letters MGMT? They originally called themselves The Management until they found out there was another band called The Management. So that's why they renamed themselves MGMT. So my familiarity with them goes back to, I want to say around 2006 or 2005, I saw them open for a band called Of Montreal. I, I thought their music was really good at the time. And um, I saw them again shortly thereafter playing at an open-air shopping mall at a free concert they were having. And even though I liked their music quite a bit, I, I will say at least at that time their performance left something to be desired because they were essentially, I think a friend of mine calls it... Um, uh, toe watchers or foot watchers. They basically just stood up at the show on the stage looking at their feet while playing instruments and singing. Um, and it looked like, for all intents and purposes, that they were on some kind of drugs 
or high or something because uh, it seems not normal to be doing that on stage, especially when you have a huge crowd. I will say, though, at the open-air mall concert, that's the first and only time I've ever seen a person in a wheelchair do a crowd surf. So that was entertaining and unique in its own way. So I, I don't know how good they are watching them live uh, since that time. It's been, gosh, almost 12 years now since I've seen them live. But um, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely at the time it was a a band that was better in studio than, than live, I would say. So how'd they get started? Like I said, they got started in college and they started writing these ridiculous by design songs in different genres and they were singing karaoke style to an iPod at these unhinged campus shows. The first of which they played a 45 minute instrumental of the Ghostbusters theme song. And Goldwasser said, quote, we were trying to be obnoxious, but somehow people got into it. So Goldwasser played various instruments in classic rock and blues, progressive and indie bands. Van Weingarten dabbled in an 80s monster ballads band, a Patsy Cline cover band, and a hip-hop group. So really kind of all over the place, just wanting to do kind of fun stuff that interested them. So Wesleyan students began circulating CDRs. And for you kids out there, a CDR is a recordable CD compact disc. So instead of handing over USB sticks or swapping them out over the internet, they would have these burned physical copies of CDs that they made themselves that they would hand out to friends at other schools along the eastern seaboard. And MGMT end up taking their show on the road. So they made a useful acquaintance um, with Kevin Barnes, who was part of, of Montreal. And Van Weingarten said, quote, We met them at a bar in Athens, Georgia. I was being a drunken ass, and I went up and I told them I wanted to be in of Montreal. I said I was going to drop out of school, but I didn't even know them. Then they came to one of our shows. We were playing in a kitchen. Me and Ben were doing a karaoke-style gig, and they really liked it. So they let us come and open up a couple of shows for them, and that's where the friendship started. End quote. So they started touring with Up Montreal in 2005, and this is all around the country. After their second independent EP, Time to Pretend, was released. But rather than uh, capitalize on this momentum, MGMT pretty much ceased to be. Goldwasser stayed in Milton for six months before spending a summer building eco-friendly straw bale houses near the Catskills, while Van Weingarten landed in Brooklyn, living with his girlfriend and only sporadically looking for jobs on Craigslist. By fall 2006, Goldwasser moved to Brooklyn as well, but pursuing the band further wasn't a priority. So they... Finally got a call from Columbia Records, and they were about to go their separate ways and just get regular jobs, and they didn't even believe it. They thought it was a, a joke at first, and they said, quote, we went from being students who had this band that we were doing for fun on the side to having it being the only thing we're putting our time into, end quote. So 2006, they were signed to Columbia Records, and by 2008, their first full-length album, Oracular Spectacular, debuted in January. Of the recording process, 
They said, uh, quote, the making of the record was a funny process because it was a strange period for Ben and me. It was a month after we'd signed the record contract and we were in an industrial space in Brooklyn at this oil depot. We had a bunch of instruments in there and we were kind of like, okay, let's write music now, end quote. So do the infectious nature of their singles, Time to Pretend, Electrophile, and Kids, the band went from playing small clubs in the States to opening for Radiohead in the UK. And this is a country where the twosome had already been granted bona fide rock star status. As for the song Electric Feel, it's uh, pretty self-explanatory what it's about. It's about a girl who makes you feel things. And... um you know, the lyrics go, shock me like an electric eel. It's a fun song. I've I've had it on my phone as a always downloaded song for years and years and years and years. And a matter of fact, I remember being on a party bus in, I want to say 2008. And um, there was a little audio jack to plug in, you know, an MP3 device or a phone or something like that. And there was no music per se that was of our liking on the, on the party bus so i plugged my phone in first song i fired up electric feel immediately someone asked you had that on your phone i'm like yeah i did so nowadays i've got three kids and uh, my kids all like the song too so we can all sing it together so i hope you enjoy a little bit of it too mgmt i love their music i i thought their second album was really good too but um, it didn't do as well commercially or or um, critically. And uh, third album, uh, I couldn't tell you <laughs> one track of it. I didn't like it at all. And they just came out with their fourth album in the last year or so, and it has a few good tracks on it. So hopefully they're uh, they're finding their groove and and uh, going to come out with some some good music after a while here. So, anyways. Take another listen to Electric Feel, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. <laughs> 